Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Hello, we're the Kransky Sisters on Joy Joy. 94.9. Hello and welcome to Been There Done That on Joy 94.9. This is Croaky Voice Cricks. Oh, this is, uh, I, I also got a croaky, slightly croaky voice, Gordon, yes. And plain old Bill. <laughs> but you sound a bit croaky. Oh, just, you've got croaky ears. That's a frog in your throat, is it? No. Was it my frog buffer's got a bad sore throat? Or was <laughs> that bad? like that, yeah. <laughs> now, we just need a moment while the orchestra leave the room and the Kranskis make their way out of the studio. Oh, was that right? You're still getting goosebumps about the a lot of people in here. Oh, they... Yes. <laughs> yes. The, <laughs> creepy is not a nice word, but anyway. They're very funny. Thanks indeed, and welcome to Been There, Done That with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Mm. Uh, history is basically the general topic that we talk about here. Gay history, uh, world history. Anything that affects us. Personal activities that we've been up to, where we've been somewhere and done something. And we'll have a bit of her history too. Oh, her, yes. Herstory. Herstory, yes. Herstory, yes. yes. Not Excellent. Hey, wasn't another fast week already gone? It's just amazing where the time flies along. You start doing something and you think it's Monday and it's, it's Friday and that's the end of your week. And you think, God, what happened to it? Yeah. Yes, your time is obviously not structured. Oh, it is quite structured. That's why it goes so quick. Oh, yeah? yeah. Oh, Good. yes, yes. When you have structure, you get it goes faster. I, I uh, had to ring you during the week. You and did. you said you were framing some painting. I had be, I had, was uh, at the framing studio where I go and frame my own paintings, yes. And oh. I was framing. We're, we're having an exhibition of, of paintings that, that have quotations. See, I've I painted a, there's one of, I've got a painting of two monks walking down the street with an umbrella up. And the quotation is, a habit does the habit does not maketh the monk, oh, right. which is uh, and that was from Thomas Fuller back in 1732 or 1738 or something rather. I don't remember that. No, however. you probably weren't alive. But <laughs> haven't you got any new stuff? <laughs> no. Yeah, well, I've got a, I have a very large book of quotations on all subjects, so it's just easy to just go through and find out about. And when it stimulates your brain and you can think, ah, now that reminds me of a, a, mm. a combination of, of yeah. thing, objects that I can put in a painting and yeah. then use this yeah. particular title. Yeah. And there's one I did with some water in it. That was that nobody knows the worth of water until the well runs dry. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. a very good one, well, for, you don't know good one for Australia, I tell you. Don't know what you got till it's gone. That's right, yeah. But you know Neil Armstrong's famous quote mm. that he actually got wrong yes. when he stepped on the moon. Mm. What were Buzz Aldrin's first words? Get me out of here. No, he was the second man on the moon. <laughs> yeah. Put his foot on the lunar surface. Mm-hmm. He says, that was easy. 
because he said, we have trained for years and years and years for everything that can go wrong, and you step down off the ladder and nothing goes wrong. <laughs> Gee, that was easy. <laughs> something, well done. something like this show, it's very easy, yes. <laughs> We're still in NADOC week. Mm-hmm. We did a little bit of a preamble last show. Yes. But this time we're going to expand a little bit about NADOC. There's been oh, some interesting about stuff. The Aboriginal communities. Mm, mm, yeah. it, it's good now that the Indigenous community are revealing themselves in ways that the general population never knew. knew. Uh, I think a lot of generations of the Indigenous peoples, they've been shy... And because we haven't been of their clan, then there's not been a particular need to know some of the backstories to their the way they hold life. But I think that's also something to do with the way um, the media have operated over the years of trying to ignore our Indigenous population. I think that's a big part of it. But now we are becoming more aware of our Indigenous population, which is wonderful. We're more inclined to ask the questions now. Yes. Well, how were things? How did you get it right for so long? Mm. We wouldn't have thought to ask those in the 60s. We would no. just sort of push them aside and just make sure we got rich. But also in the first, when the first fleet, they nearly starved to death too when they didn't bother to ask the Aborigines what they could eat. Uh, yeah. You know, and they, they, they hung on until that's, the next... That's the common of, sense of hindsight, though. Yes, I know. You people have been here for thousands of years. What, you what have you been eating? This <laughs> would have been the first <laughs> would, question. Yeah, you would have thought that. would. Have been, it's the same thing in America. The, the Americans, when they first went there, they nearly yeah. starved to death too. But the, the American Indians could have told them what to do. Yes. But they yeah. wouldn't listen. And it was the same with the, the white uh, settlers here that first came. Yeah. Mm. But well, now if you go to America... One of the first questions you'll get is, "Would you like fries with that?" Yeah. <laughs> so they're they're out to feed you straight away. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah but but it, it's been interesting. The because it's the NADOC week this week is all about the women who are the leaders. It's been lovely seeing all these wonderful women on the television and listening to them on the radio talking, and they're so good. You know, they know exactly what they're talking about, and it's just so wonderful to hear them. They they inspire me anyhow, and I'm a white guy. Yeah. But um, they. But you had a nanny. I had a nanny know? who was uh, was uh, indigenous. Yeah, yeah. Now now, what age was she? Your nanny. Oh, she would have been a mature lady. You know. No 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 no. Uh, what I my age? Yeah. I was about six or seven, I think. Yeah, but she she. I was not. A, I was not a. In a, as a child, I was not a very healthy child, and um, it was just one of those things. But she just sort of cottoned onto me and she used to love me you know she picked me up and give me a cuddle and she was really lovely yeah yeah now, uh, now uh, see your connection with the community mm. was through her that's right yes i've never and forgotten her no yeah yeah she was just a wonderful wonderful woman and, yeah. and you obviously picked up an understanding of uh indigenous peoples yeah, through yeah, her yeah, yeah yeah and you probably have got some of the culture well, I know running little, around your head. Yeah, a little bit about but, it. Yeah, but you wouldn't realise that it no. was anything special. Mm, that's right, probably. Yeah, but it's 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 just I've always had a great um, respect for the whole of the indigenous population because I've realised how good and wonderful they are, what yeah. wonderful people they are, you know, and and it just annoys the tripe out of me that you know the way that they've been handled and done things too, and it's just awful, you know. Well, we we seem to respect the sports people. Oh, Lord, yeah. Look at the look what they've done about 
Cyril Rioli yeah. retiring from Hawthorne, and he was absolutely brilliant player. I've got no one of the most beautiful people to watch playing football. The same as Nicky Winmar. Yeah. You know, they, they, they there's something in their culture that makes these great. Um, they seem to have a second or third sense about wherever anybody's going to be, and it just works. You know. Yeah, they can great, great grab the ball out yeah. of somewhere because they used to play a form of football in the first place, yeah. and that's where they. Um, they decided to to they inherited they their inherit, schools yeah but they and but they also decided that they would have a football um, Australian rules football was which was done here in Victoria and and another thing you don't probably know is that the Australian rules football was the first football game in the world to have rules written wow yeah even before soccer or rugby hmm. now they change them every week <laughs> yes, yeah, that's true yeah but that's that's a little known fact that the australian football afl uh, was the first f- sport football game to actually write down the rules and, and have them written down yeah well, well now there's aboriginal history coming out as written by the aboriginal yeah people. which is wonderful yeah and another thing with afl it's the only sport in the world when you can be ahead by a behind. <laughs> you can be one behind yeah, ahead. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's hard but, to walk like that. Yeah, I tell you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but but the the, um, the we, we're learning more about their culture, which is great. You know. Well, I'm about to pick up today or tomorrow a book by Marcia Langton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Welcome to country. Yes, and she has documented in this book. As it were, the basic introduction rules of one, sorry, of many clans, mm, so mm, that mm. you know basically this is the rule book when you come on our country, and this is what you must do. And in, it's great now that the um, the white man here mm, mm. is starting to accept the use of welcome to country words at the opening of various activities. Well, it's it's it. it, it Everywhere you go these days, it, it is a welcome. You get a welcome to country, which I think is wonderful. It's acknowledging the acknowledging original the owners. fact that you are on the original owner's land. Mm. On the project last Sunday, they had Mister Shorten down mm. in Tasmania, and he's there with the local candidate, mm-hmm. and uh, he introduced her and told her everybody about her and that sort of stuff. And then he goes into the welcome to country bit, and they said you kind of got that the wrong way around. <laughs> yeah. Sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's 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 it's, uh, it's always I always sit there when that's going on when they're when they're mm. welcoming you to country, and I think thank you. Yeah, it's but that that goes through my head. Thank you for being here and letting us be be here. You know, mm. it's a it's just just. But it, a, it's about it's time been, that we acknowledge that we're on their land. Well, it is their land. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Back in 1971, the indigenous communities started identifying themselves under a single symbol. That's right. And that was the Aboriginal flag. Mm -hmm. It was flown for the first time on the 14th of July, 1814. uh, (laughs) 12th of July, 1971. That's a bit better, yes. That's a bit better, Once again, it was in Adelaide, where the Adelaidean, the South Australians have always led the the way in so many things. You know, it's amazing how they have done that in all different... They were the first state to give women the vote. Well, and they in, were the in fact, they gave the vote to the Aboriginal communities yeah, before yeah. Federation. That's right. They were allowed to own and land then, and they were able to vote yeah. and everything uh, before Federation. But once the Commonwealth took over, they got stuffed uh, out of the place, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. there you go. Yeah. We're learning about the cultures uh, and we're finding out that, uh, like when we're 
pulling down buildings here in Melbourne for the new underground loop, mm-hmm. uh, there are signs of previous occupancy of land mm-hmm. in, say, the Western Districts. Yeah, well, they, they actually had a group of people down that way that stayed there. They didn't want it. They had they found foundations or something or rather in the ground where they had sort of buildings or something, well, wasn't it? Well, what they'd done was rearranged some of the watercourses mm-hmm. so that they ended up being swampy and the eels lived there and they would also narrow the creek down at the exit of the swamp and that's where they would have their woven fish traps. They'd get all the eels, yes. So being next to a water source and a food source, mm-hmm. uh, they they had a couple of the basics for existence uh, right at their fingertips. That's right. But then I've also read that they used to take the eels and trade with other um, clans. Yeah. In the, they'd walk into the country and, and but, trade. But they're saying mm. that the, the placement of the rocks in mm. the creek to make the channels so they could put the fish traps. To hold the traps. 60,000 years old. Mm, and mm. that is one of the oldest forms of human construction that uh, has yeah, been recorded. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, but it's just forgotten. But, but another thing that I'm very pleased about, uh, Chris, is the fact that they're starting to teach Aboriginal languages in schools, yeah. which is absolutely wonderful. Well, of course, in case the pe- the listener didn't realise, there was a time when it was a crime. Crime to, to speak, speak their own language. Yeah, yeah to, that's right. Oh. Mm. Was a, there was a whole lot of they horrible... Had, they, were had, they were trying to turn the, the black people into white people. And you can't do that. It it's doesn't work. Not with, when, when you've had that civilization that they had for 40,000, 60,000 years or whatever... You can't change that, you know. It's just, oh, it's just you cannot change it. You would have thought the the Brits would have known this, but they—that's oh. what they did in Wales. They, they did tried it to everywhere speak. they went. Yeah, they mm. tried to make mm. English the one and only language. And what has happened now? It is the lingua franca of the world. Actually, is is English? Everybody has to do everything in English, which gets up the French nose a little bit. <laughs> Whatever happened to the British Empire? It still goes. It's, it's this, the British Empire it's is still chugging there. along on one cylinder. Yeah, but it's still there. There's there's so many things but a lot of the part of the british empire become republics but they're still part of the british commonwealth they're no longer the empire they're the commonwealth joy 94.9 yes you're with phil chris and gordon been there done that oh my voice is coming back that's because you're using it all right yeah yeah the first person i spoke to this morning when i came out of the house because i spoke to no one whilst i was in the house as i live on my own don't you talk to yourself no. Oh, you get a great answer. <laughs> no, I, I found out I don't listen. Don't you listen? No. Oh, oh, okay. You've heard everything he's got to say. <laughs> I spoke to the cat, the next door cat, sitting on top of the fence mm-hmm. at, at about the, the two metre height. And he was just peering at all the people walking up and down the street. And as I went past, he sneered down. He almost whacked me with his paw. G'day. Oh, very so nice. So that was, was a nice a, little encounter. Was, from, was a happy ha- pat, was it? Or it was, was, it a, was a happy was a cat. One? Happy pat. Happy I'm, pat from I'm happy cat. trying to find some way to include Mrs. Slocum into oh, the that, conversation pussy, with her pussy. With her pussy, yeah. <laughs> she, she's not coming in with her pussy, no. I don't know that that's particularly PC anymore. <laughs> yes, it is. Is it? <laughs> Piece of crap. <laughs> 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 Those shows don't stand up too well. Oh, uh, they oh, don't. Well. 
Anyhow, getting a more serious subject. I'd like to sort of suggest that we don't know much about the situation that dear Donald is trying to fix up with with Rocket Man. Do you reckon he'd know what to do? The man was only ever a bloody television presenter and a man that went bankrupt four times and doesn't pay his staff and all the rest of it. And he talks down to women and horrible things about women. And uh, he's become the president of America. We've Mm. been trumped. We've been trumped. And I was saying before we came on air that I was reading a book on the train this morning. And it's the first time I've ever seen the word trumpery written in a book. And it it means rubbish and um, it means stupid things, you know. So That's a big place where you buy trumpets. Mm, You go to a fish and chippery to get fish and chips. Yeah. Why not a trumpery? <laughs> get a trumps. Okay, yeah. But we're talking, of course, about North Korea, which is a, a it's still in the news, and it was the the war lasted three years, and it's never been stopped really because they've only just had an armistice. They've never had a ceasefire. Well, oh. as a result of activities uh, during the Cold War era, which mm. was the the rise of Russia. Mm. And the and communism, communism yeah. after the world after World War Two mm-hmm. that ended mm-hmm. in 1945, that's where the Iron Curtain was raised. It's where Russia became isolationist mm-hmm. in itself. Yeah. It's where their concept of a democratic government. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I was hesitating. It's not quite the same <laughs> two words that you want to see in yeah, the same it, sentence. Yeah. Uh, that's <coughs> when that was really going off with a bang. But the Korean War was a conflict between North Korea and South Korea during the Cold War era. It was often seen as a proxy war between the US and its allies and the communist powers of the People's Republic of China and the Soviet Union. Mm. So it's, you know, red against blue, goodies against baddies. It was almost an echo of the the World War Two, but localised. But what had happened was that on the early morning of the 25th of June 1950, North Korea launched a full-scale invasion of South Korea because what had happened just prior to that was the fact that on the 38th parallel, the US had said, we'll have the South, and the Soviet Union said, oh, we'll have the North bit hmm. to be communist, yep. and the other, the South bit. And, and then the tensions there sort of worked up too badly. But also you've got to remember that Japan had possession of Korea. Yeah. But it lost the war. Yeah. The Russians and the Americans said, oh, we'll, well, we'll have Korea. We'll divide we'll up Korea. Fill a vacuum. Like everything else that they divided up and made a mess, like the Middle East and all that sort of places. Yeah, great. Worked out well, didn't it? Mm. Yeah, so on the uh, early morning of the 25th of June, 1950, North Korea launched a full-scale invasion of South Korea and reached the, the, the capital, which was Seoul. The US immediately uh, pushed a resolution through the UN Security Council calling for military assistance to South Korea to resist this, to, to uh, reverse the mm. invasion. And US troops arrived very quickly, basically well, a week later. Well, they were only in Japan. They only had to go across yeah, the sea. true, true. <laughs> but uh, they... The, these troops arrived and engaged the enemy and pushed mm. back. So mm. They pushed them back beyond the 30, 38th parallel, which is still the uh, dividing line, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and then you know, subsequently the war became a stalemate. And in fact, peace has never been declared. No, no, it's still it's, only an armistice. It's only an armistice, yeah. which is putting your arms down, That's right. agreeing not to fight. Mm. However, uh, that line is well and truly drawn on the map. Mm-hmm. And it would be the wish 
I'm sure, of North Korea to once again occupy South Korea and unify the whole peninsula well, as you, much as South Korea would like to take over North. They, well, they would like it. They would like. They could probably have North and South Korea as separate entities, but they should be actually working together because there's so many families from the South yeah. that were trapped in the North and North families trapped in the South and they can't get back to their families. And that's been going on for years and they and these people have never been able to sort of do anything about it but the north koreans of course they they spend so much money on armaments that their people are starving they don't get fed properly and i was reading somewhere where they actually shot a bloke dead because he was picking grass off the side of the road to eat yeah and this is you know it just it must be terrible but then again you get the south korea which is so advanced that they're, they're, they've got the network we should have. Yes, that's right. They've got a better NBN than what we have. And they're <laughs> such a well. They've added, they're a tiny little country. They don't have to go to the spaces that we do. I, I, yeah. Admittedly, but the technology is there to use. But and what have we done? Manufacturing. I mean, where yeah. all the Hyundai's and uh, mm. Kias come from? Mm, that's right. They, they've they got come a, out of their factories. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And they're an industrious group. They're they're, they're more they because they've got all this going. The North Koreans are quite jealous of them. I think Ooh, you know. Yeah. The war was so complicated when yeah. they tried to tell the story on TV. Mm. The three-year war lasted eight years of Nash. That's right, yes. <laughs> Unless they made up some storylines, but I don't think that would oh, have happened. No. I just think that they were on a good thing, so they stuck with it. Mm. People kept watching? <laughs> yeah, people kept watching. And, of course, they said that the final episode of Mash was one of the most watched um series of endings in, in history of television or something. I don't know. I watched it. Either because people really loved it or they wanted to be sure it finished. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. It was very, very well written, very, the show. Very, yeah, very, and very well acted, too. The characters in it was one, yeah. were wonderful. Well, like, towards the end, it was getting a little... It, it was um, getting a bit dated or something. Well, no, yeah. self-congratulatory. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> it a loved itself. very good way of putting it, Philip. Yes. yes. Yeah. But it's... it's 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 it'll uh, And now, of course, we've got um, ginger hair and and funny hairdo, both funny hairdos talking to one another, but look, they just should shut up and say nothing, I think. Well, they're not going to... They're not going to... There's no peace around the corner. No, 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 no. Well... When you've got, when you've got a person like Mr Trump and a, a, a family like the, the, the Kim Jong-un's family yeah. who have ruled the country since the start They've of it. They've been rather brutal in there. Very brutal, very oh, brutal they people. wipe people out just Oh, God, yeah, they just shoot anybody that the road. don't care. Well, yeah, really. their, their um, justice system is no questions, bang, gone. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Dear, oh, dear. Here's Jimmy Somerville. He's going to sing a little song for us, Small Town Guy, mm. and we'll Is... talk about Jimmy okay. when we come back. And we're glad he doesn't have a sore throat.
Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. Uplifting, informing, empowering. Joy 94.9. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. We just heard from Jimmy Somerville. What was he singing? Well, he was singing in high-pitched voices. Yes, I know that. We was, noticed and, that. And the song he was singing was "Small Town Boy." Ah, now, but he's uh, a very small boy himself. He is a, a man. little short. He's a man. He, yes, he's, he's not. You know, he's not terribly tall. Shoulder high. He's about. As, he's a Scottish pop singer and songwriter. Mm, got a great voice. He's, and uh, puts out great he, songs. Yeah, he yeah. he was with the groups called Bronsky Beat and mm-hmm. the Communards. Yep. And he also had a solo career, and uh, of course he's known particularly for his powerful and soulful countertenor or falsetto singing voice where, that we just heard in that song. He's openly gay, and many of his songs reflect this, such as the song we just heard, Small Town Boy. That was a reflection of Jimmy Somerville's own experience when he came to London in about 1980 uh, after leaving his hostile hometown for a friendlier city. Well, I hope that London was friendly to him in those days in the 1980s. Wouldn't a city have been daunting that's why he's writing Small Town Boy, because he came from a small town to the big city of London. Yeah, but he went there to feel safe. <laughs> well, it's at least he, there was a gay scene yes. in London yeah. that he could become part of. I guess, well, it would be hard to be out in a small town. And there was, in the 80s, there were the beginnings of uh, support groups for various gay mm. subgroups, mm. Uh, like the London Gay Teenage Group. And he would have been... Well, he's 60, uh, 57 now, but in 1980 he would have been in his early 20s. So That's, it would have yeah. probably been yeah. the right club for him to go and hook up with other people. Well, big cities were always the place to go if you were gay because um, I came from Perth to Melbourne in 1958 because I wanted to be in a bigger city where it would be fine. But it's the same for straight people. Yes. There's nothing to do in a small town. No, no. The big smoke is where everything's happening. That's right, yeah. Well, I ran away from my own situation. I left Adelaide, Mm. went to Papua New Guinea for five years, came back to Adelaide. Oh, I'm back in the same old rut. Why Uh, did I come back? Yes, perhaps I should go somewhere else now. Uh, I selected Melbourne because I thought I can always go... To back Sydney to and party, but mm. I and but I can always go back to Melbourne. Was there a moment when you're in Papua New Guinea that you thought Adelaide was a big city? Oh yes. <laughs> but How about when you came home? Uh, no, it was no. very small. <laughs> Especially as all my friends from the five years previous uh, had all, all gone, gone. So their separate ways. Yes, that's right. So uh, I thought, yeah, time to move on. Mm. So I came to Melbourne. Melbourne. See, we cover gay history on this show. Yes, we do. Yeah, Just like that bit. Just like that bit. (laughs) Yeah, and Jimmy Supperville was in Melbourne in the late 90s, and he called into the Joy Studios. Ah. We've got photos of him uh, with some of our presenters, and uh, yay. But he is, as you said... uh, not terribly tall. No, not terribly tall. No, no. But he's got a. He's. He's. It, that doesn't matter when you're singing on CDs and and. Well, the uh, microphone lines. stand comes down yeah, to where right, you're standing. That's exactly right. You don't have to worry. <laughs> yes, they 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 make sure you are heard. That's yeah. right. And he he was obviously uh, a part of shaping the gay community in those early days hmm. in London Helped and a lot. in UK. Yeah. 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 Hey. Well, because music speaks all languages, of course, so you can get 
get all sorts of messages out through music, which is one of the wonderful things about it. Yeah, that's why we like the music we hear. And some of the other music we hear uh, actually rocks, shows up in films. That's right, yeah, yeah. And I'm talking about Priscilla as oh. a film or a stage show. That's right. Now yeah. in a second revival as a stage yes, show. Yes, going very well second thing and because they put it, added another couple of songs to that, the, the new did, version. And yes. they've upgraded it a little bit, mm-hmm. but the basic story is there yep. and talk about Broken Hill as being a small town mm-hmm. uh, and those uh, those souls coming up against the rednecks yeah, of Broken yeah. Hill. Yeah. Very interesting article about the um, Broken Hill in the paper the other day about how it's almost the film capital of Australia because there's so many films being made out of Broken Hill. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Because yeah. of the red centre and the desert and everything, yeah. close to a big town. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um but Priscilla, back Priscilla, to Priscilla yes, and the bus. Yes, yes. Uh, one of the songs that was featured in that film was, of course, when the guys were dressed up in drag and the, and the backing track, it wasn't actually sung by any of them. It was just symbolic of the era. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the song was uh, <coughs> I Love the Nightlife. Oh, yes. Well, I think in those days, every gay guy did love the nightlife, well, didn't they? Uh, you know, oh. Alicia Bridges. She uh, sang it for she him. She sang it. And, and would you believe, by the look of things, she's uh, she's 65. Yeah. So she's... Uh, uh, and she's still around. And, and she must be living on the royalties <laughs> yes. from that particular song and a, a lot of others as well. Uh, but... but that particular track is so symbolic of yeah. that era. It's like a lot of the ABBA tracks, they mm. uh, are perennial yes. favourites. Philip, would you say that she was a one-hit wonder? Yes. <laughs> In, <laughs> In a, a word, word yes. Um, okay. Because I can't think of a second hit. No. But when you've got... It is such a distinct, distinctive sound. Yeah. Her voice is incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She will have had a career on that song in America. That's right. Because you, you can do that. You you build an act around it. That's right, yes. But there's so many people who have just come and gone from our consciousness yeah. who have had very happy lives. Yeah, well, we, to their we don't hear anything more about them, but um, they've got such a big audience um, pool in America that they can do can play clubs and and bars and places like that. Well, when I was living in California, I went to see the Monkees in concert. Did you really? And it was all four original members. Mm. And it was at the Cow Palace in San Francisco. So it was theatre in the round. And they had musicians assisting them. We don't know how much they were actually doing themselves. But they were singing their songs and you could tap along. But the scariest thing was their original fans were still alive. (laughs) A lot older. Significantly larger. (laughs) And running down the stairs to the stage, you think, was that an earthquake? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm sure there's been many of it. Uh, A drag star uh, has stood up there and mimed that particular song. Yes, this this, is. It was the opportunity to put on the most outrageous dresses and, yeah. And it was actually one of the songs that really made Priscilla. So it's uh, probably a song of our era, gentlemen. Oh, is it? All right. Okay. <laughs> well, it was 78. It's, 78. It was well, my peak musical time. Oh. I wasn't buying many disco records. Mm. 
there was plenty of other good music around at the time. <laughs> well, let's have a listen, let's listen to, to what we're talking about. She was born on the 15th of July, 1953. She's, she's so that's why she's having a birthday round about this time. And commenting about her personal life, Alicia Bridges has, is openly lesbian. She stated that as a teenager, she realised she was different from the rest. And uh, this came out in a 1998 interview in The Advocate magazine. And young uh, Jimmy Somerville, who we talked about, he was born on the 22nd of July, 1961. So uh, they're sort of in our birthday book round about this time. That'll do. And uh, please excuse us while we get up from our microphones here and we're going to boogie we're around the studio. Boogie around the studio, okay. <laughs> You're on Joy. Been there, done that with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Action! Joy, 94.9. Joy, out, loud, proud. You're with Phil, Chris and Gordon. Been there, done that. Oh, Chris oh, with a croaky throat. Cough oh. it up, cough it up. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> We're a few days away from a very noisy and colourful celebration that's going to occur, not in our country, no. but across the world in Europe caused by a revolution we're going to be celebrating well we no well i am because i've got a french name so However, uh, you've got a french name have yeah you? my real name is, is is a french name yeah it goes back right back to 1066 with william the conqueror some people same with you yes, same with you exactly. we, we're both the same with this so french were we huguenots or bourbons or i don't know but my bloke was um given dorset devon i beg your pardon that was where he was oh. given, he was given the whole county of devon William the Conqueror. I I think my bloke was as well. I'll see you after the show, Gordon. We'll, 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 we'll fight we'll, it out. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll draw our handbags <laughs> at 16 paces. Something like that, yeah, 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 yeah. Bastille Day will be celebrated in France all over and in the French processions all around the world. It'll be celebrated pretty well here in Australia too because yeah. there's a lot of French people in Australia. And Canada. Oh, yeah. They oh, actually yeah. think they're French. It commemorates the historical storming of the Bastille, which took place during the beginning of the French Revolution in 1789. The 14th was also chosen the following year, the French people celebrating the Fête de la Fédération, which is the day to commemorate the temporary unity of the French nation. Because until then, it had been a monarchy, and King Louis... The 16th, I think it was, mm-hmm. and Marie Antoinette were the king and queen of France. Them and their predecessors were known as the royal mob. I was just going to say about Marie Antoinette. She was actually blamed for everything. The king wasn't blamed for anything. She was blamed for sending the country into penury, bankrupted, basically bankrupted because she wanted all these beautiful places built. They were a little bit aloof and separate from mm. the peasant people, the ordinary person in the street, mm. which is something that I don't think you can say about the English monarchy. However, the Bastille was the, the royal fortress prison that became the symbol of the French people's frustration with the Bourbon monarchy. 
the royal family were resented by the people of France hmm. who were experiencing severe food shortages, felt like their government was against them. Well, Mari did say let them eat cake. Well, they They did. couldn't have bread, they let them eat cake. Yeah. You know. And they, the peasants, they stormed the Bastille and the French people saw themselves as the liberators yes. of their country and led their country to the three ideals of liberty, equality and fraternity. And do you know that the because of that revolution, that is why if anything is upsets the people of France, they get out and they do give the whole thing a big shake because they will burn cars, they will burn buildings. They will do anything. They've done that over the years since. They have always followed the revolutionaries and they, they that's the, one of the few countries in the world that does it. They don't believe in putting up with crap. They invented the hissy fit. <laughs> Did they ever? It was a big one. Yeah. Well, they probably realised that democratic means via the voting box mightn't achieve the same result. Mm. You wonder when, in fact, some existing, uh, let me do the air quotes, mm-hmm. uh, democracies are going to go through a revolutionary process, not using the, the voting box. Yeah, this is, this is what, what could happen. And, of course, Australia is such a laid-back country, we would never think of doing that. Oh, no. We, we couldn't be bothered. Couldn't be bothered, no. <laughs> oh, no. I'd have to put my shoes on. Yeah, and all those poor people, those homeless people, who cares? You know? mm, oh, I'm yeah. all right, Jack. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the typical attitude of Australia, isn't it? Mm. They will have a wonderful day. You'll hear the La Marseillaise being sung all over the bloody place, and I think it's one of the most, that's one of the greatest um, anthems that's ever yeah. been played. Uh, one year on my tours to Europe, I actually landed at Charles de Gaulle Airport on the morning after the bit day of the big parades. Oh, right. And the city at nine o'clock in the morning was dead. Was, it was. Everybody <laughs> was totally euchred. They'd been, they'd knocked themselves out the day before. Yeah, I was in Nice on, on um, the Bastille Day and one year, and um, we walked out. Of, when, when I left there to go to some, another part of the place when I was touring around Europe, it was learnt that they had robbed a big bank in the middle of Nice on, on the um, Bastille Day <laughs> because of the noise of the parade and everything. They'd been able to go underground and bang, bang the wall out of the thing. <laughs> so it, was, it was clearly quite amazing. that we're There we were watching the parade go by and they were banging away at the, in the bank. The French will have a wonderful day. Good on them. Well, we, we could have been French here in Australia. Well, we could have been because the French were the, here before, actually were here at the same time. I'm glad they didn't take over because I studied French for three years in high school. Still can't Don't know a word of it. <laughs> and we have the Tour de France on the TVs at the moment. Yes, I can tell you what. Yeah. They've had some spectacular crashes in there so far. <laughs> I, I, I watch it every the, night. Yeah, every yeah. day there's something interesting yeah, comes up. Yeah, but yeah. I like the scenery. It's the best travelogue on TV. Oh, yes. It costs the French government nothing for the advertising they get for their country that they people yeah. want to bring people to. Now, Gordon, something happened over last weekend. You went to a particular meeting. Yeah, I went to the 35th anniversary of the Victorian AIDS Council, and at the Victorian AIDS Council, they changed their name. They announced that they had changed their name to the Thorn Harbour Health, which will now be the, what was the VAC, Thorn Harbour Health, named after two very interesting people. They were locals? Local, locals, yes. Very... A major part of VAC in its early days. Well, they were. One was Alison Thorne, and the other one was Keith Harbour. And yeah. uh, that when the when GRID, as it was called in those days, gay related in, immune disease or something yeah. like that. Yeah, they they decided that something had to be done to help 
to do something because it was going to they could see what was going to happen. So um, Alison Thorne and Keith Harbour had a meeting. They called a meeting. I think it was at the Laird Hotel, the very first meeting, which then became the Victorian AIDS Council. Wow. So now they're going back to the name of the original people that started the thing, Thorn Harbour Health. That actually indicates to me that AIDS, A-I-D-S, the acronym, is no longer part of the identity or it's not a major part of the identity yeah. of the new health group. Yeah, because we're very lucky here because well, we have the, the, the antiretrovirals and the, and the PrEP. Yeah. A pill that you can take and it's making everybody undetectable, which is well, wonderful. Well, it's the recognition that our society here in Australia basically has got that uh, uh, almost under control yeah, and yeah. manageable. That's right. It's still very prevalent in the lots of indigenous countries. communities, yeah, in the straight it. communities yeah, that's right. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the idea is that with PrEP, everybody getting it, uh, get, being able to have that medication, that soon... All the active population will be protected from, yeah, from the from, from the virus, yeah. yeah, because they'll be undetectable. Mm, yeah, they still have HIV, but they're not. It hasn't been uh, mm. changed into AIDS. But it was but very so interesting. They're, they're going to focus on general health matters, are they? As well oh, now? I think that most of it will still be to do with the um, HIV and AIDS community, but. Um, they just wanted. I think they just wanted to change the name, and good luck to them, you know. And it, they had a very, very wonderful night at the uh, State and Library on Saturday. And it's nice to see the recognition of those two pioneers. Mm, that's right, yeah. And yeah. that will live on for many a year, and let's hope that they do nice biogs for them. Well, the, Keith has already left this world, but Alison is yeah, still around. But, the, but at the AGM of every VAC meeting, they always have, the, well, they've been having it for 24 years or something, rather, the Keith Harbour address. Yeah. And that's uh, somebody comes from the medical profession or some profession that talks about where they're going and what's happening. But we can't afford to forget AIDS. We can't no, afford to what forget we've it been through. No, I've lost I lost many friends and people that I looked after. Yeah, one of those things. And look at the time; well, it's time we were out of here. Well, it is. But I thought we'd go out with a little bit of a French song. Oh, why not? Uh, after we've heard a couple of messages, uh, and the song is called "Carpe Diem." Carpe now, Diem. Seize the day. Oh, good. Thank you for telling us. It's Latin, actually. <laughs> yeah, but it means in a seize French the song. Day. Yeah, seize it the means, day is what you know, it means. Don't hesitate. Jump in and do, do it. it. We'll catch up with you next yes, week. Yes, and we'll have some different things to talk about again. Yes, more rubbish. More rubbish. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Australia's only LGBTI radio station, Joy. Le cercle des poètes disparu, passant la veille sur la troisième chaîne. Elle avait écrit au correcteur sur sa trousse en dents. Carpe diem, je me souviens de celle qui m'avait fait changer de place et apprendre l'humilité qui à l'élection des délégués de classe aurait fait l'unanimité. Mais c'était la nouvelle qui débarque au beau milieu de l'année scolaire. Fatal, parce que ses parents ont dû déménager, quitter leur finistère natal. Elle s'appelait Marie, Martine, Isabelle ou Solange Avec un drôle d'accent, des expressions étranges La fille qui venait de loin, on ne peut plus exotique Avait sur la troisième 5 semé la panique C'est un amour de collège, un fantôme du passé Qui vous revient au petit-déj, une icône du lycée Le temps fait des siennes et reprend ce qu'il sème Carpe diem This 
Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.